Today's episode is sponsored by Snipes Virtual Art Camp. Tired of distant learning where parents are doing more teaching than learning? Snipes Art Camp has you covered. Our interactive classrooms are led by one of our art teachers to guide your child from beginning to end. Ages 5 through 15 are welcome, and we even have complimentary add-on videos for your little campers aged 2 to 4. Did I mention the best part? All materials are shipped directly to you to ensure that your camper has everything they need. Log on now at www.snipesartcamp.com to learn more. Session one begins June 29th. Welcome to Babies and Bellinis, where we're balancing business, babies, and brunch. I'm Erica. I'm Kay Alex. And I'm Casey Renee. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, ladies. Ah, 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 ah. Hey. It's a table. It's a table. Take over, take over, take over. <laughs> Y'all, we get it. We know times are heavy right now, but we're using our platform to share the viewpoints and experiences of a different side of the currently racially charged climate. Non-Black wives of Black men and mothers of biracial children. We are in a season of change. Change requires action. So we are further in discussion on raising a generation of compassionate, cognizant, and unbiased children and how women can and should advocate for their Black men and stand up for the Black community. Who better to provide this perspective than our multiracial mama? Hey ladies, it's a takeover. I'm Sasha. I'm Lacey. And I'm Bill Marie. Welcome, welcome, welcome. 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 <laughs> so before we get into the episode, let's do Pour It Up, Pour It Out. Pour it up, up, pour it out. out. <laughs> <laughs> We're just so bad at this. It's okay. It's okay. so bad. It's so bad. Oh my goodness. I understand how they feel now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. Oh gosh. I guess um, so I'll start and I'm going to pour it out for my husband. Um, and I know we'll talk about this a little bit more. He is a DC police officer and he has been mm. working. 12-hour shifts with no days off since last Tuesday. Um, so he's exhausted and I'm exhausted. We have a two-year-old. So that's, I'm Ooh, pouring I'm... it out to that. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I am pouring it out too, but for myself, <laughs> I work um, anywhere between 40, 60, sometimes even 80 hours a week. Um, I have not been delegating to my staffers, so I, sh- I take the blame, but I'm exhausted. I'm tired, but I'm tired I'm, for you, uh, but I'm thankful. Absolutely. I'm thankful. A lot to be thankful for. I'm thankful. I'm even in business. So I'm thankful. Well, I'm going to pour it up. Uh, yesterday was the last day of school. No more oh, yeah. zoom calls. Ooh. Um, no more <laughs> That's good. at home classroom <laughs> and my kids are with my parents. Uh, and so I'm incredibly thankful for grandparents at this point in time yes. and for school to be over. That oh, deserves sure. a big pour it up when the kids yes. go yes. grandparents. That's <laughs> cool. So uh, I guess I'll start by introducing myself. My name is Sasha. Um, I am 33 years old. I am a very, very, very proud Puerto Rican woman. Um, and I am married to my husband. My husband and I have been married going, or I guess we just celebrated our fourth anniversary, but we've been together for 17 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, and we have a two-year-old son. He oh. will be three in October. So we're <laughs> new to the parent game, but we've been together forever. 
it feels like. Wow. That's, That's awesome. Beautiful. Yes. Thank you. Um, my name is Lacey. I have been married for six years, but um, I've been with my husband since college. We're college sweethearts. Um, I also have a two-year-old. He will be three in August. And I have a five. I'm sorry, she just turned six. She turned six a couple of days ago. So I have a so a boy and a girl. And um, I'm also a bonus mom to a 13-year-old who is bigger than me and my husband, which is crazy. <laughs> Just a a little bit about me. (laughs) That's cool. Well, hey, ladies, I'm Bill Marie. And for the rest of the time, we can just call me Bill. Um, I met my husband. We are college sweethearts. We met our sophomore year in college. We've been married for nine years. We have two children. I have a two-year-old who will be three in August. His name is uh, JJ, but Jamal Jr., and my oh. oldest, her name is Mia, and she just turned eight. And we are a nice little uh, mixed family, Puerto Rican and Black. <laughs> <laughs> that's so we have two Boricuas in the house right now. That's right. Yes. That's right. That's exciting. And one Italiana. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. So I actually, this has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about, but I went to Italy last September. Mm. I've ever had in my entire life. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we live there um, for most of the year. Um, my husband, wow. um, professional basketball in Europe. So um, we spend about uh, nine to 10 months abroad and he had signed a two-year contract in Italy, but he had been there for four years. So trust me when I say it is, Italy is heaven. It really is. That's it, awesome. It is amazing. Sasha, where'd you go? We just stayed in Rome. Oh, and okay. so we, I, I walked the most steps I've ever walked in my life. Yes. I had my Fitbit on. We probably walked like 25,000 <laughs> yeah. steps in one day, but but literally the best food I've ever yes. eaten. Yes, I did a Euro trip in um, in college and Italy was one of my stops and it is one of my favorite places for <sighs> sure. I'm so glad yeah. y'all liked it. So <laughs> I guess we're going to be talking about we're all married to Black men and you know, mm-hmm. there's so much that's going on right now. And so I guess like the first thing that comes up a lot of times is, is do you see color? And like, how do you feel about that question when you're asked that? I know for me, um, I don't like it because I think when people say I don't see color, then that means you don't see who I am. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I, I literally have on a shirt that says Latina as fuck right now. So I'm very proud of being Puerto Rican. I'm proud of being a Spanish woman. I'm proud that my husband's a black man. Like I have this little Afro Latino son and I'm proud of that. So when people say that, I don't really get it. I don't like right. I need you to see me. Um I totally understand what you're saying. And, and I see color as well. And, and we need to see color. Prior to motherhood, prior to my relationship with my husband, I was that ignorant girl who didn't see color. And mm. after I would make that statement, oh, I don't see color, I don't see color. I thought it was a nice way of saying, I'm not racist. But really, this attempt to minimize the strain of racism is toxic. Mm-hmm. Someone sees color, like you said, Sasha, they dismiss history, identity, truth. And it, it just really takes away from, from culture. And um, I, I'm so thankful um, when you know better, you know, you do better. And um, yeah. I'm just not be in that sort of ignorant space. I think it comes from yeah. like a, a nice, like people think it's, it's a, it's flowery or nice. Thing. Yeah. Right. right. Like you're not, it's not like, I see you as the person. Yeah. I don't We're see your seeing, color, but, yeah. but it's not, it, it's so, it's so toxic and, it, and it's harmful. Yeah. I I feel the same exact way. And so um, where my upbringing was a little bit different, I essentially did a copy and paste of what was in my home. 
Um, my mom is Puerto Rican. My dad is black. And so that's essentially what I transferred into my home. And so for to hear somebody say, I don't see color, or for me to even say that I don't see color is, is an absolute um, no-go in our home. Mm. And so if I was to hear somebody say that, or just to hear that reference, it's, it just means you don't see me. You don't see yeah. my family. You don't yep. see other people. Mm-hmm. Well, so you said you said your parents, you have a Puerto Rican mom and a black dad. And so I, I would I would guess that when they met your husband, when you guys were dating, it wasn't like a big shock to them. They were like, this is normal. <laughs> no, I did a copy and paste, essentially, <laughs> what was in my home. And so there was no culture shock when my husband came home or when, you know, he was introduced to the family. What about for you, Lacey? Oh, um, there there was definitely a shock with my family. Um, I remember my dad called me, I was in college and he said, I heard you have a new boyfriend. And he said, do you see yourself marrying him? And I said, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, we were in college. I was head over heels for him, but I, I wasn't sure, you know, you never know. And um, my dad just basically said he always saw me marrying someone Italian. Mm. In that moment, I was like, well, you can either get to know him or you can not speak to me again. It, it's, it was black and white for me, no pun intended. So um, later on down the line, when Isaiah and I did get engaged and we did get married, we actually only had four of my family members at our wedding because I had everyone off um, for saying things about me marrying outside of my race. Um, I don't want any part of it. Not only that, but they had called my mom trash. They said that she had raised trash because I wasn't with someone Italian or even white for that matter. Um, And it was just very clear to me how protective I needed to be over my relationship and, and my husband to be. So it was very easy for me to not invite them and to save $200 a plate and tell them to go to hell. So <laughs> that's good for you. That's, that's awesome though, to protect your husband like that and like protect yourself. Cause that's so toxic. Like it's, it's disgusting. And, and the funny, ironic, not funny. The ironic part is, is so many Italian men date black women, my cousins, oh, my yeah. But when it when the role is reversed and a woman dates a black man, it's like all hell breaks loose. Well, I mean, I, I just can't stand it. Lacey, has any of that changed since, since you've had kids? Um, I, I wouldn't know because I didn't accept them back into our life. But mm, okay. once we were out at a um, at a local um, what's what are they called farmers market, and I ran into um, one of my uncles that I had disinvited from my wedding. And he was pushing over my daughter. She was with me saying, she's so beautiful. He saw my ring. I mean, they're just like really snobby people. And I moved my daughter quickly and I was like, get the hell away from her. You didn't like me then, don't like me now. And that mm. was the end of it. I just, I mean, you like me because you think my daughter's cute or because I have a pretty ring to show for it. I mean, go to hell. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't. I couldn't even pretend to be nice. So that's kind of where we left off. And, you know, it's beautiful because my father, um, him and Isaiah, my husband are now so close and they have an amazing relationship so much so that my dad cut off his family as well for not accepting him. Wow. Show you that racism is truly taught. It is ingrained in someone, but that means it can also be unlearned and uh, in a sense. And, and I'm, I'm thankful and proud that, you know, that someone that's what in their late sixties now would cut off their family for something racist. I mean, I would have never in a million years guessed my dad would have done that. And, you know, he goes to bat for us. So I'm grateful. That's, that's awesome. I didn't have quite the extreme experience. Yeah. I think growing up, my mom, my mom definitely was like, if you're not going to be with somebody Puerto Rican, you should be with somebody white. Mm. And 
And I, I vividly remember telling her when I was in high school that, well, you raised me in the wrong place, if that's the case, because I grew up in PG County and I was like one of two Spanish people. Everybody else was black. And I was like, so this is it. Like um, every boyfriend I've had has been a black guy. I've never dated. I've never been with a Spanish guy. I've never dated a white dude. So okay. everybody <laughs> I've been with. And so I think my mom finally like it clicked. It was like, oh, I guess this is probably what she's going to bring home. And I met my husband, like I said, we've been together for 17 years. I met him in high school. So mm. we, we were, uh, it was our senior year of high school. We, um, we dated all through college. And then, you know, of course we got married, but yeah. I'm glad like what you said about your dad, my, my dad, he, he passed away about 10 years ago now, but he was the last boyfriend. Um, my, my husband was the last oh. boyfriend that my dad met wow. and oh, they my were goodness. so close to each other. So I'm glad like it worked out with him because right. yeah. it's almost like my dad is still kind of connected to us because yes. he knew my husband. Sure. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome though that like, I can't imagine it being that extreme, but good for you for protecting your husband. Like that's <laughs> Always. <laughs> So clearly I said, you know, I grew up in PG County and I've dated nothing but black guys. Like, have, did you, I know you said, uh, Lacey, like you, or you dated a white guy and then you had a black, you know, black boyfriend, black husband. What about you, though? Did you, have you always, it always been black men? I mean, I tried. I really did. <laughs> I, I really did. I really did. Um, it just didn't work out. Uh and I, that it was it. That was it. Uh, I, I can't really elaborate on it. Like it just, it didn't click. It wasn't there. Um, I the understand. Wasn't there. <laughs> I, I had there was one white guy who I like liked in high school, and I remember we like briefly talked on the phone, and we just had nothing in common. Mm. It, my, I think culturally, I relate to so much more mm. of black culture. So it was so hard for me to like, oh, you play guitar and you listen to rock music. Mm-hmm. I don't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was hard for me to even get on board with that, which is kind of, like I said, PG County yeah. is just in my blood. <laughs> Mine's kind of the opposite. I was raised in a total elitist, awful town. Well, I mean, it's beautiful, but it's a bubble and it's just not in touch with reality. It's uh, Naples in Florida. And oh, yeah, privilege in every sense of the word. I mean, I think there were maybe 10 black students in our entire high school. Wow. And I remember that um, I was voted homecoming queen our senior year. And the homecoming king um, was one of like the other black guys in our class out of all the people in the school. And I will never forget when we walked down the football field to accept our little flowers or whatever they were. And I saw the look on people's faces. And I was disgusted. I knew then that I would never return to this town after college. I mean, with the exception of visiting family, it just isn't somewhere where I would want to be or raise kids or so. I mean, it, it, where you grow up and where you're raised truly has an effect on who you date, but also, you know, your mentality. I'm I'm thankful. I'm I'm thankful that I'm not in that space because I would, pro- I mean, there's so many Karen, I mean, lack of a better word, but Karens, you know, oh, they're Karens everywhere. And, and, um, you know, just on Facebook, blocking people right and left, like, Oh, I went to school with you and you're an even bigger dickhead than you were back then. And it's just, it, it, I don't know. I, I relate with what you said about where you're raised and where you grow up because it really influences you in every aspect. 
I'm gonna throw a little bit of extra kick in there because I mean Please. I grew up in a military family. And oh, me too. My parents were both in the military. Oh wow! I grew up in a military family and I lived in Jersey for a little bit. That's where I did a big chunk of my schooling. Like I lived <sighs> on a military installation. My school was on a military base, and so I saw everybody around me. And I think that's one of the amazing things and the benefits of um, growing up in the military is that you just, you have your own community and you see all different ethnicities um, and just colors, especially in the schools. And then um, from Jersey, we moved to Florida, Mm. Lacey, but we were um, Cocoa Beach area and my high school, that's where I went to high school was on the beach. And so I went from Jersey Mm-hmm. to florida where my high school was on the beach yeah. and it was surfer dude here surfer yeah, dude right, there right. <laughs> but the military was still their own mm-hmm. little town you still had to go through a gate in order to mm-hmm. get home and so um i really didn't experience a big culture shock until we moved to north carolina wow oh i'm sure and we moved to north carolina to goldsboro which is where the military base was and listen Day one of us arriving to Goldsboro, North Carolina, I, I, remem- I remember it like it was yesterday. We were on the main road, which is Berkeley, and it was late. Nothing was open except for this sandwich shop to the left of the military base. And we pulled in, got our food, and as soon as we ordered, the owner, they were still open. The owner said, we're getting ready to close. And my dad said, let's go. Oh, it was no. time to go. Yeah, it I've was been just to like Goldsboro. Unc- <laughs> There's nothing. <laughs> my, my godparents live in Goldsboro. There's nothing there. There's nothing. And so this was back in 2001. So it's grown mm-hmm. a little bit, right? Um, but ba- back in 2001, there was nothing there. And just be a biracial couple. Hurt. Just come on in. And, um, you know, it was a conversation that my parents had with us early on, especially coming yeah. to North Carolina. And I, from then on, I was like, this is going to be a big change for us. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, do either of you guys feel um, like judged or like looked at because you're an interracial couple? Like, clearly, I know, Lacey, you had issues with your family, but outside of that, you think you get looked at because you're interracial? I think so, for sure. I mean, even being abroad, um, people look at us funny because my husband, daughter, and son are Black. Um, Really, even though we're, I mean, my kids are mixed, they're Black. Um, And and had I not been in the picture, you know, been at the grocery store when someone saw us, they would just probably assume that their mother is Black as well. So when I'm with them, people, I've asked um, if I've been the nanny, (laughs) the babysitter. Mm. Yeah, I get that a lot. Like they have come out of their mouth to ask you if you're the nanny? Oh, yeah, all the time. That's That's so rude. Like, who does that? That's just rude. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What business of it is theirs, even if you were? (laughs) Yeah, people are really ignorant. But um, yeah, I think we get looked at. And I guess, to be honest, I have been so conscious of my energy and my space that when we're out, I really focus on my family. Because if I fixate on the people that are constantly looking at us, it'll just completely shift my mood and my kids will feel it. My husband will feel it. And they already feel enough from everyone on the outside. So I just try to block out the noise and focus on our tribe. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. What about you, Bill? Um, You know, 
I think I am. I don't pay attention to it. Yeah. Uh, it's just well, you been grew something up with that. It too. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, what I will say is, at the stores, I do get asked if is she yours in reference <sighs> to Mia, because uh, Mia has a little bit more melanin in her skin uh, <laughs> <laughs> than my son does, um, and so her curl pattern is tighter than mine. Right. Her hair is a little bit bigger than mine. Yeah, and um, you know, I I I'm a little spicy. If I can just elaborate a little bit more, I'm a lot of spicy. <laughs> and so if I'm in the store, I have, there have been a couple of times where somebody's yeah. asked, you know, is she yours? I'm like, did you not just hear her call me mommy? <laughs> um, and I think that's, that's where I am right now where people just, if, if you're going to be bold to ask and then that's right. Expect a bold yep. reaction. Yeah. That's my, that's and, my motto. Um, yeah. And so I, I don't pay attention to it, but when I do, happen to lock eyes or do get some stares when we go to a parent teacher conference or whatever is happening at school because where we live we live in a predominantly white and Indian neighborhood and so Mia's classroom is typically all white students Mm -hmm. Indian students and so they know that as soon as we walk in we're Mia's parents yeah and so we get looks we get stares Mm -hmm. um and we're the only ones that look like we do on our Mm -hmm. in our cul-de-sac and um, I think we're just destigmatized, or yeah, to, to that at this particular yeah, point in sure. time where I just don't pay attention to it. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think because of where we live, like it's, I mean, PG County is predominantly Black. There's lots of Spanish people here. So it's it's never been, we never stood out mm-hmm. as far as us being together. And, and a lot of times people, like I, clearly I look Spanish, but I don't sound Spanish. So I think a lot of people assume I'm mixed with something. And so like, we don't, we've never really had a lot of stares and things like that, but what I've always kind of not necessarily worried about or got was um, a lot of like, I have a lot of black female friends and the conversation in college, especially is like, oh, you know, you have all of these other women coming in and, and they take our good men, like the ones who are doing something with themselves and like, you know, the ones not in jail or not having baby mamas. And, you know, it's, it's always those others. And so I've always kind of like, my friends have never looked at me like that. But I always kind of wonder, like, do other people look at me like that? Like, did I come and like, my husband, he graduated from college. He's a police officer. Like, he has a good job. And I'm like, do, they, do people think that about me? Like, that's something I've always thought about, but never had to experience people asking like about my kids or anything. Like, my son probably now that he's gotten older, it looks a little bit more mixed, but mm-hmm. when he was first born, he looked a hundred percent like a Puerto Rican kid. I actually felt a little bit bad for my husband because he had <laughs> nothing, he looked nothing like my husband. I think he probably was the one who got the question, like, is that is that your son? Because yeah. he doesn't look anything like you. So I, luckily I haven't had to experience that too much. Well, Sasha, um, let me ask you a question now that you said that. And so it's actually a conversation I had with my husband last night because I was freaked out. <laughs> about this <laughs> I was like oh my goodness what we can talk about but um with you saying that your son looks more Puerto Rican um than he does black I feel like when I look at my kids um at one point in time that's how people may look at at my kids they look together they absolutely look like siblings when they're apart JJ looks more Puerto Rican. His curl mm. pattern is different. He's fair. Um, or let me just say he has less melanin than Mia. <laughs> uh, Mia Same with just my son like, and daughter. 
Same. Yeah. And so um, how do you think that's that's going to affect him or the black culture is going to see him as he gets older? I think that's something that my sister um, experienced when she was growing up here in North Carolina was she was never um, black enough. Black enough. Yeah. Black enough for her black students, black peers. And there were no Puerto Ricans in Goldsboro. It was Mexicans. And so that already is different. And so she didn't fit in with them. Um, I think, how do you you guys think that's going to happen? For my son, I think, like he, my son is slightly darker than I am, but he's definitely going to be able to get more of a tan than I am. I think over the summer, he'll get a nice little caramel color. And I think I can see him changing. And so I think as he gets older, he'll probably look more mixed. But I've already, like, I, I tell my son is an Afro-Latino. That's how I refer to him as. And I think because of where he's growing up, I think most of his friends will probably be Black. I think he's probably going to relate more to Black culture. I teach him the little bit of Spanish that I know. My mother speaks to him in some Spanish, but, you know, he's not going to be all the way bilingual. He'll understand it, but probably won't be able to speak it that much. And so I think he'll probably feel more like he's Black than he's Puerto Rican. Although I try to balance it because I I don't want him to like forget me and my side of it. I just think he's Mm going to lean towards more than that to that side. And I think regardless of, you know, I just think when he grows up because of where we are, he will be seen as a black man. I think that's what it's going to happen. And and that's what I was worried about. Like when, when I found out that I was having a boy, it was like the, one of the first thing I thought, because I got pregnant in 2017 and, you know, Trump got elected in 2016. I remember calling my husband when he won. And I was like, how are we supposed to have a family? Because mm-hmm. he hates like everything about us. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Spanish people, black people, like he's not here for us. And then I got mm-hmm. pregnant. And then I was like, we're having a boy. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, what happens when this little, because I was convinced he was going to come out way darker than what he did. I just knew I was having a little <laughs> chocolate baby. And he came out light skinned, but in my mind, I was like, it's going to have this little caramel color. And what happens when he gets older? And like, you see all these times, these little, these little black boys who they can't be kids. Like they just, yeah. you know, they, they're seven and they run around playing and they're now thugs or, you know, they're mm-hmm. a threat to these people. And I just, I worry about that so much for my son, because I think, especially right. when my son is tall, he's two and he's two and a half. He's already over three feet tall. And my husband is 6'3". And so I know he's going to be this tall kid. He's going to look like he's older than he is. Right. And so I worry about that for him. You know, um, I, I love that you brought this up because something that I try to get my kids to understand is the difference between race and ethnicity. In our home, um, we're, very, we're very clear, Sloan, you are Black. Sloan is our daughter, Justice, you are Black. Um, and they understand that uh, mommy is Italian. I'm an Italian-American but there's a difference between race and ethnicity. So when Sloan identifies, she understands that she's black. And I know that I can't control what anyone else thinks of my daughter uh, within the black community, whether she's not black enough or whether she's too black, the same with my son. But the one thing I can control is the narrative in our house. So we're really big on affirmations. Your brown skin is so beautiful. Your curls are magical. You yes. are so amazing. Oh my That's gosh, so good. you're mine. Yes. So when Sloan leaves the house, I can't equip her to deal with racism and interrelated racism, but I can give confidence to at least make, I pray she makes sound decisions. And I know that there's more, this conversation needs to be had, um, more of an open dialogue with my kids, you know, in terms of where they're from, their culture, their ethnicity, but 
they're also two and just turned six. So I try to give it to them in a space where they understand. But right now, something they do understand is the affirmation part. Um, also, we're very much, we cheer for everyone who's black type of family. So um, every day at seven o'clock, we watch, um, we watch uh, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy together. And my daughter likes when we each pick a contestant to cheer for. My daughter is the first one. I'm, I got whoever's black. I'm cheering for whoever's black. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and I love that she does that because she identifies like, they're strong, they're smart, they're going to win, you know? And, and I love that because I at least know we're doing something right where she is rooting for whoever is black. She, she loves being black. That's um, awesome. So it, it gives me yeah. a little bit of peace for when, you know, she goes out into the real world, which is very cruel that, um, you know, she'll have, you know, she'll just have so much self-love. I, I hope it just, uh, I hope it pours out into her decisions, but. It's so stressful. How old is, oh, going, how old so is she stressful. again? She just turned six last week. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, the climate that we're in right now, I, I want to preserve <sighs> the innocence of our children so badly, but the outside world they're taking it from us yeah is take is absolutely changing the conversations that we are having to have in our home um and it uh it makes it scary so i mean over the over the weekend we were having uh, we saw the sesame street town hall Mm -hmm. um and you know my daughter was at a daytime protest in downtown raleigh peaceful protest and so we let her take it in and ask questions um and then you know we we opened up those books and we talk about racism and my dad comes on in and talks about his experience as a black man and things that she's not going to learn in Mm. in the books at school and so she cried Mm. she just turned eight you know and to see my daughter cry Mm. and ask you know is this why people make fun of my hair when I'm Mm. at school um, it just, it breaks my heart because it's that innocence that we're trying to preserve that right now society won't let us do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you had mentioned something and it, it reminds me, it kind of, it checks me actually. I have been privileged to, to now have those conversations. Whereas my husband has had those conversations. He had those conversations mm. as a child. These are not new conversations. To him. So when George Floyd was murdered, my, my, my feelings around the house, I was depressed. I was sad. I was angry. I was anxious. And my husband was more even keeled. And I kind of shook him. I said, why aren't you talking to me about this? And he said, Lacey, I am so used to this that it is not something that hits me the way it hits you. And um, in that moment, I I just realized I grew up in a completely different way than my husband. I love him and I can be there for him and support him. And and sympathize with him, but I can't empathize because I'm not black. Yeah. I think and it's, it's, it's a challenge in our household. Yes. Because we don't really talk about this type of stuff because my husband, I mentioned my husband's a police officer right. and it's, I, it's such a hard line for him to walk. I know it is because at work he, you know, he is racist cops where he works and, and he doesn't try to associate with them, but there's sometimes, well, you, you got to watch what you say because these are the same people. If, if stuff happens, they have to be the ones who have your back. But then, you know, he takes that badge off and he's a black man. He's 100% a black man when he t- as soon as he takes that badge off. It, like, you would never know that he was a police officer. And so, I, like, we, we haven't had to have those conversations yet because our son is so young. But yeah. I also never mentioned my son's name. So my son's name is Stokely and he is named after Stokely Carmichael 
who is the founder of the Black Power Movement. And so, and my husband picked that name on purpose because he mm-hmm. wanted it to be a powerful Black name. And I already know, but like when we tell Black people what his name is, they immediately get it. And mm-hmm. like white people, it's like, oh, is that a family name? It's like, no, uh, it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Black Power. Like, And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and you can tell they just get immediately like, oh, uh, what kind of family are you? They like, get so nervous. <laughs> they get so nervous. And, but right. like, like what so, the fuck is just a name why do you get so nervous but it's it's so much more than that like i mean that name holds so much power. so much history like he like yeah. I, I read that um because i didn't i didn't know much about stokely carmichael until my husband wanted to name him that and you know he he founded the black power movement he mm. jfk thought that he was going to be the likely successor to malcolm x like that's how powerful he was in the black community at the time and so like my son has this name and I know he's going to get those questions as he gets older. And so I think mm-hmm. what we plan on teaching him is like, this is what your name is and be proud of your name because that's yeah. your mm-hmm. culture. And like his middle name is Emilio, which is my dad's name. And that's where his Puerto rican comes yeah. in. And so we, you know, we gave it to him in both of those names. So he'll always know, of course, and it's in his name that he's biracial. But that first name is like, now you are, you are proudly a black man right. <laughs> with a name like yeah. Stokely. So. <laughs> And I think, you know, when we talk about conversations and these conversations in your home, I also think they can look in so many different ways. So again, I'm a solutions type of person. Um, I control what I can control, leave the rest to God. So within our house, we've been trying to talk about solutions. Um, So circulating our money with black owned businesses, voting on every level, protesting, donating, ensuring our businesses reflect the culture we want to see in other companies. So those are conversations we've been having more lately, uh, generation wealth, helping our peers, those sorts of things, because we realize that although we, we are catalysts of change, there isn't a lot we can do. Um, like we can't make anyone do anything, but mm-hmm. we control what goes on in our home. So we've just been really focusing on that as much as we can in hopes that it's like a ripple effect. You know, you bring other people in, people are educated, you help other people. And I, I really have hope because I'm seeing people come together for the first time in a long time and just getting on one accord, or at least I've, I've blocked so many people on Facebook that all I see on my Facebook feed, <laughs> so I'm probably ignorant to the, the world is certainly not unified, but on my Facebook feed it is, so <laughs> it gives me a little hope. I, I do feel like this time is different than yeah. other times. Like we've seen this happen too many times, unfortunately, mm-hmm. too many times. And but to see, you know, all over the world that people have been standing up to uplift black people, to me yeah. is it's beautiful because they they mm-hmm. need it like yeah. so much. And so um I, I guess I would I would want to ask you, Bill, especially because you grew up in in uh, a biracial household too. So what do you what do you when it comes to being a woman with a uh, married to a non-black man like what are some things that you want people to know about that or like mm-hmm. it's a question when it comes to to being with a black man because mm-hmm. you have your dad who is a black man mm-hmm. and then now your husband yeah mm-hmm. yeah um I think things that I have been seeing uh and hearing that are circulating is that nobody's gonna um protect or ride for their black man like a black woman um my husband is my king. Uh, my dad, I will lay it all down um, for him and, you know, all the men in my family. But um, I will go to bat. 
I am going to scream. I'm going to kick. I'm going to holler. I'm going to protect um, all of that. And so um, that level of protection, that level of love and gratitude and pain is is there um, where my husband can leave this house and go hang out with his friends. Mm. I am living in fear mm. until he comes back home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where my husband grew up in North Carolina, in Durham, North Carolina, and he just, he does not give a shit. He just <laughs> says, I'm here. You are going to accept me. I am a successful Biz, I, I'm I'm a successful man in this world, right? And so I'm going to wear what I want. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. And so in our predominantly white neighborhood that we live in, and he's driving his car, thumping his trap music. And I'm like, bro, turn that down, turn that down. He's like, no, they're going to hear this. And so I, the protective wife, get nervous when my husband leaves his house. My dad, who's the militant man that he is, does not give a shit and does not care what anybody says. He will speak his mind. He will say what he has to say. Um, He's tall. I mean, he's just wide shoulders and he commands your attention. And so living where my parents live scares the living daylights out of me. Mm -hmm. Um, Right up the street from my parents' house, there's a Confederate flag Uh that flies. There are a few I, Trump I could, signs could up the street from where south. my parents live. Never no, be in I, and, and this is where we are, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is where we are. And I get so nervous, mm. so nervous for my Black men that I absolutely love and adore when they leave our home, when they leave the comforts of our home. Mm-hmm. There is no prayer that is strong enough to cover them because I have no earthly idea what Karen and Karen and Kevin are out in the street with their agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that, that just is different. It hurts. I, I mm-hmm. oh gosh, I feel that fear every time my husband goes to the gym to train. When he goes to Publix, you name it. I'm just like, Lord, get him home. Um, and you know, it's sad. We've worked really hard to have a comfortable life and there are times when I wish my husband did not have a luxury car, a luxury car he worked hard for because he is more likely to get pulled over than I am just for being a black man in a luxury car. But mm-hmm. with white people dating outside of their race, I, I kind of have a different view on that. I really urge and encourage white people. Um, they are not fully committed and genuine about making their partners fight their fight to not be in a relationship. Hey man. Most of this, fetishy thing with um, white people that date black people. Sometimes it's just, it's very fetishy and and that's the truth. And whether you're in in an interrelationship, interrelational relationship or not, a black person's fight is our fight. It's not just confined to an interracial relationship. And I think a lot of people, they they lack knowing this and um, they lack the emotional and mental regard for their black partner. Because well, you can, you, there's so many things that you can think like they, they. I think they think, well, because I'm married to a black person or I have, you know, black kids, I can't be racist. I clearly love black people, and it's like, no, but you mm-hmm. can also do microaggressions all day, every Absolutely. day. Absolutely, gaslighting, all of that. Facts. You know, if yes. you're telling your little girl, I don't like your curl pattern, and we got to straighten your hair, and you know, it's too wild, then you're just perpetuating the same, yep. the same things that white people exactly. do who are racist. Yep. So, there. 
there's a different level of responsibility when dating a black person. I mean, every relationship involves work, but when you're dating um, a person of color, you have to hold yourself to a different standard and really revere your partner and their goals, their struggles, their fears, because our society dismisses all of that on a daily basis. And we really have to be their peace and support and strength. And I think that just goes to another level when you date someone black. Yeah. And I'm not sure people necessarily understand that. Um, and I think that oh, it just, it harms a relationship so much and it takes away from the black person that you're dating. Mm-hmm. Sasha, what about you? I, I think, I mean, I think you two both hit it. I luckily, because my husband has a badge, I don't have to worry that much about him because... He is essentially his get out of jail free card um, whenever if, if he were to get pulled over or anything like that. But, you know, I've I've always I've, I've been with my husband for 17 years. You talk about ride or die chick all the way like him and I have been through everything. And, uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and so like I, my my way of supporting him is I, I think I think men in general but especially black men have such a a, a mental weight on them that they mm-hmm. you know they're taught to be providers they can't show their feelings they have to be these strong people because they can't look mm-hmm. weak or anything like that and so you know I why I always say is I try to be my peace that peace for my husband like I, I want him to be able to come home from his stressful job and to know that he can be himself around me yeah. and whatever and whatever that looks like. If if Absolutely. you just want to sit down and, and do nothing, if you want to go play your video game, like my way of 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 supporting him in his blackness, I guess, is to be that piece. Because I think too many women sometimes, you know, they it's always always a battle, right? With your husbands. And, you know, especially if you don't understand a lot of their culture, you know, you why you feel that way? Why are you yeah. being so upset about this? This mm-hmm. this isn't anything. It's like I, you know, so the stuff that's happening right now. We don't talk about it that much because I know that's all he's dealing with at work. Mm. He's dealing with protesting. He's ooh, we're right ooh. in DC. He so he's he's dealing with all of that. So I'm not gonna bring that up with you. I know how he feels about it. I know his stances on it and everything. But when you come home, I'm yeah. your peace for you. And like that's I think that's the biggest way of supporting especially black men is to be their peace because the world to them is is not a place of rest for them like it just is anxiety all the time right. so yeah you're um, absolutely right um you you touched on it a little bit Lacey about like your version of how to be an ally and so I love what you said if if you are not in it <laughs> if you're not going to be committed to the cause of of what the black people cause and, right. and lifting them up and and equality and justice and all of that you know all of that then you probably don't need to be Wrong with a relationship black person. absolutely yeah. <laughs> You, like, you yeah. are probably a bad, bad person, though. Person. I mean, this goes beyond relationships. Like, you're probably an asshole. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I think... It's all in or nothing. Like, you don't, uh, you, don't, you don't address something when you want to or when you say, oh, well, this is my friend over here or I right. know this person doesn't mean, you know, any harm by that. It's addressing the situation and cutting it off regardless of who it is and where yeah, you are. Exactly. So it has to be an all-in type of situation. And, and not exactly. only that, but we, we're living in a climate where white people are expecting Black people to explain to them and teach them, no, 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 they're tired. That, is, that, that, that goes into the number one thing of allyship. Like, it's not, right. it's not any person's You need to self-educate. Job to teach yes. you anything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like so especially if there's, you know, a white person dating a black person, please don't look at them as their your source of education. Of course they're going to teach you and you're going to learn and that's the beauty of any relationship, learning and growing. But don't look to them to be like, okay, just 
um, you have to help me unpack everything that I, I've learned. And no, that's not how this is going to go. And I think that white people really get that messed up with relationships, friendships, um, romantic relationships with black people. It's like, I, I can't even imagine the headache that they feel when, you know, when, you know, my cousins are over there like, well, can you explain to me what gaslighting is? No, but <laughs> you need to, you need to self-educate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> not today. <laughs> That's such a big point, though, because it's like, you know, I've read it. It's it's like reliving the trauma, right? They have to deal with these things all the time. And like, uh, we're, I mean, I'm even dealing with this at my job right now. Our, mm. We have managers setting up meetings with everyone so we can talk about what's going on. It's like, because you want us to tell you oh, how gosh. we feel about things. and So we can write a politically correct statement. No. Yeah. So it's, and you know, that's, I think that's the number thing, especially right now, too, though, the to me, being an ally means like you're just shutting up and listening because yes. I think I think a lot of the sentiment is like, oh, but wait, what if this or what yes. if they really meant this? Or are you sure you took it that way? Or did they yeah. really? Mean? And it's like so much gaslighting. No, like Ugh. that trust when they tell you this is what happened and this is why it happened. Yeah, like, this person was racist, yep. and I can tell they're racist because I live in this skin every day and I know what racism is. So and, and I don't I, have to prove it to you. Exactly. Exactly listening to what all of that is without speaking without like having a rebuttal to it just taking it in and actually like digesting and being like damn that might be someone else's reality that I never knew about like I think that's key to even like start being an ally that's definitely step number one before you do anything else listen is is that yes yeah that's it that's you said it perfectly it's just (laughs) just listen so I guess I know we could probably talk about this for a lot longer but if 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 we were going to give listeners one key point one key takeaway from what we've been saying what would you say it is and I'll start with Bill first one one key takeaway one key takeaway um with the kids in general um when raising biracial children don't just stick to one topic address both um, meaning empower them in both of their races, uh, in both of their races that they are living in, give them all the information and all the tools and resources that you need and try not to sugarcoat it. Give it to them, um, preserve their innocence as much as you can, but understanding that when they leave your home, they need to feel empowered. They need to feel like they are comfortable in their own skin and their whole entire family has their back, even when this world feels like it's completely against them. When they enter their classrooms, when they go outside and play with friends, air quotes, um, but just to empower your children and teach them everything about themselves, both of their races. That's a really good, yeah. really good I love point. what you said. I love what you said about uplifting. And I'm going to piggyback on that because my piece of advice would be just affirmations, genuine affirmations, especially about the physical. I mean, you know, we're supposed to affirm our child's mind and talents, but, but because our children are black, I would just suggest affirmation after affirmation. Your skin is beautiful. Your hair is beautiful. You are so smart. You have the most beautiful eyes, et cetera. And not only that, but really inundating our kids with culture. So what are the books? Are they multicultural books? What are the TV shows they're watching? What do the families look like that they're seeing? Who are they playing with? So just really from every avenue, make sure that they have a really good understanding of what a well-rounded world looks like and what a black world looks like. So, you know, my daughter goes to bed with her, with her black baby doll. 
Um, but you know, when she plays outside, um, our neighbors are black. Um, one of our neighbors are Indian and other neighbors are Cuban. So I feel like, okay, Sloan is just getting a, a melting pot of, of what I would hope our kids are raised in. I know that's not necessarily reality. Yeah, but- I think for me, the biggest thing is just, I mean, you guys have both mentioned it when it comes to kids you know, give them, show them that they can be proud of who they are, because I think the world is going to take that away from them, unfortunately, um, earlier yep. than it and needs. And kids are smart. Like they, they mm-hmm. even when they're young, they, they know yes. what's going on and they can sense, you know, if they're different or, you know, they're standing out because they might look a little different or their hair is different. They can tell. And it's just affirming to them that you you are exactly who you are meant to be. Mm-hmm. You are perfect the way you are. Like for me personally, like I want my son to be a proud black man. I want him to be a proud Puerto Rican man. I want him to be proud in both of those. I never want him to feel like he has to pick a side. Um, and, and, I, and I think asking your children to pick a side is just detrimental to them. I think the world will recognize my son as the black man, but I want him to be proud in both sides of who he is. And so I think when it comes to children, that's that's important. I would say in general, um, if you are with a black man, then then like you mentioned, Val, let that man be your king. Like let hold him up and support him through everything because they have so much weight on their shoulders to carry already mm-hmm. without a wife and a kids and and just <laughs> society places so much on them. Just treat them like the black kings that they are and uplift them be their peace any way that you can be um so i guess we'll wrap it up so where where can where can everyone find you ladies at on on the interwebs and on your websites and stuff like that you guys have all of that i do um you can find me on instagram at lacy swan l-a-c-i-s-w-a-n-n and also i created a platform called the modern entrepreneur so I welcome all moms into this. Um, we basically just have this awesome community of women that share um, business advice, uh, you name it. We support each other. So- no, Lacey, I love that. Yeah, so I would love for y'all to join. Um, yeah, so those are the two places you can find me. And then my my business is called Sharp Editorial, Cheap Plug. Um, it's an editorial <laughs> consulting firm. <laughs> so <laughs> those three places are where you can find me. And what about you, Bill? I feel like we totally did not give any background each, uh, info on each other. <laughs> I know. Um, so we're just, we just went so right now, on We're in, just going to plug ourselves. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, um, I feel like we need to do an intro all over again. <laughs> but I can be found on Instagram at ContourKissed. Um, and then at ContourKissed.com. I am um, a makeup artist and blogger. Your, your whole look tonight, I just knew it. I knew <laughs> it. Because me too. Me too. <laughs> Neither yeah. one of us, Lacey, have any nah. sort of face on. And Villa's nah. out here just mm-hmm. serving. And, and just don't gas so me up. Don't do that. Sweet. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. If you guys would have seen me earlier, I was covered in paint. I've been taking all of this time without the kids to do a ton of painting and DIY you stuff over the, in the house. Thank you. And I told my husband, I was like, I got to take a shower. I got to put my makeup on. I got to do something with this hair. So thank y'all. But um, I am in the wedding industry. I specialize in women of color. Um, And then I also am a content creator in regards to curls um, and skincare as well. And uh, just a little shameless. Listen, just leave the heat alone. Leave, just leave it alone. And then they'll come back. But I just feel like um, because this podcast is um, 
created by three women of AKA, I need to put my information out there. I am a spring <laughs> 2007 initiate into the Omicron Eta chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority oh. Incorporated at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. Um, but yeah, uh, those are the places that you guys can find me. If, if I was going to pledge anything, it would have been Delta. I would have been a Delta. I didn't pledge anything, but that's what it would have been. Um, but <laughs> where did you go to school? I so I went to three colleges. I started a college in North Carolina. I went to A and T um, for okay. one semester, and I missed my boyfriend, now husband, so much uh-huh. that I came home and uh-huh. I went to community college for the second semester of my freshman year, and then I finished out at Bowie State University. So. Okay. Very nice. nice. Very nice. Um, but you can find me online. I actually um on Instagram, I am at creations underscore by underscore Sasha. Um, my mm-hmm. website is creationsbysasha.com. I essentially am like a lifestyle content creator. I guess you could say I have an online store where I make apparel, I have some mugs, Yay. I talk all about modern mother motherhood and relationships and what that means. Um, I also have my own podcast. Uh, it's the Swirl and Sip podcast. I have a co-host. Uh, she's nice. a black woman. And we kind of talk about the same thing. Both of our sons are two years old. So we talk about what it means to be new moms, what it means to be women nowadays, trying to do all the things. And our our, our little shtick in our, in our podcast is we always have a new a new bottle of wine that we try every episode. Ooh, so we, get to, like we taste test. <laughs> so I need that. So that's uh, on uh, at Swirl and Sip podcast is on instagram and then swirlandsipodcast.com so that's where you can find uh me at but i had a lot of fun talking with you ladies i love talking with y'all it's a pleasure i enjoyed this so much it was a lot of fun so um you can keep the drinks flowing and the conversation going over at babies and bellinis bye guys so did y'all enjoy today's episode share with a friend and make sure you're subscribed And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.